Welcome everyone to the C-Suite Marketing Perspectives podcast. I'm Steve McDonald, your host. We've got a really interesting conversation today and guest on with Alex Shevalenko. And Alex, you're the CEO of Relay2. And Relay2 is a content experiences company, but you've got a really vast marketing background. You've been at companies like Salesforce and SAP and Microsoft and marketing and consulting and biz dev operations. And so you've got a really great background, but you had an itch. You call yourself a self-professed like a PowerPoint guru, power user, and, and you wanted to kind of go beyond the limitations of these kind of flat content delivery, PDF kind of delivery devices because you wanted to create better client experiences. Very good. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about your journey and how you got here. And then we're going to kind of dive into the idea of these client experiences through content, enhancement of the content experience itself. Yeah. Well, look, Steve, you know very well, if you're in a B2B business, you, you know, you have content. This is sort of the lifeblood of your business, right? You have content for your end, end customers, you have content for future customers, you have to onboard your sales team, your partners, and so on. So you work really hard on this on these content pieces, right? You, if you're a product marketer like I was, you kind of put your life into this, this, this deck that's going to solve all problems. And then the problem is you have this beautiful deck, but it's lacking effective distribution. It's not breaking through the noise. It's lost with 50 other decks, whether again, you're talking to customers or you're talking to your even internal um, sales team. And so the big idea was to say, well, what, what's the alternative to the deck, right? Like, well, the alternative is to build a beautiful website, microsite, whatever you want to call it. And obviously there's a lot more constraints around that. There's more people involved. There is um, typically technical, restrictions, maybe more skills that you need to bring to the table, such as coding. And so the, the big idea was like, what if we could take the majority of the people that know how to use tools, whether it's in Adobe suite or in PowerPoint, you know, know how to create, but don't know how to code custom websites. And they still have complex, important message to do. And what if we turn them into web creators? And that's, was the itch that I wanted to scratch, uh, for myself, unfortunately, when we built out some of the prototypes of relate to, I was not the only one. It turns out a lot of people want to express themselves and want to have impact after they've created this communication. They want to have people be wowed by their ideas, have an unfair advantage when they communicate their story, get the feedback, measure the digital body language versus just drop another PDF into the black box that is sort of the information overload and pray that somebody is going to read it and be delighted. Like we kind of remove that pain. And that was sort of my own mission to help more people that have important ideas succeed with their ideas. Can you give us uh, some examples of, you know, you talk about kind of a microsite kind of an experience, you know, um, taking something that's flat, like a PDF or a PowerPoint and really bringing it to life. Can you give us an example of, of what that looks like or what that feels like? Yeah. Well, imagine like, let's take, you know, your audience is marketers. So um, every marketer at the top of the funnel has some sort of an ebook or report that either lifts up the brand in a tremendous way or becomes a lead magnet type of destination. 
um, that, you know, does drive, you know, some kind of conversion, hopefully. And you typically pay a lot of money to get people to either your website or to a particular campaign. You might, you know, you feed LinkedIn and Google and whoever, you know, was that. And then, so what happens when they land into that? They download this PDF, right? And so, well, the first thing is when you download a PDF, most people go out of the web experience, wherever they are, right? They may fill in a form, may not, depends on your setting, but they they go somewhere else. And now they they kind of lose track of your Microsoft, your your website or whatever was the landing area. And they have to go open it or wait for an email coming from you to open it. And then they're inside Adobe, for example, a reader, right? And then that reader is actually the opposite of a website, right? It's a basically a print um, first format, right? Like it's sort of an, like analog piece of paper it just happens to be kind of pseudo digital. Some links may work some of the time, but, but you know, not, not always. And, and you can't navigate through that. Like you can't through a website, right? Like you can't um, click on a video and have an immersively video presented. So imagine the opposite, right? They're kind of, they don't have to leave anywhere. They're staying in, either embedded inside your site or directly going to kind of a web link immediately. So they're kind of staying in the same context. And then they're landing in a beautiful cover page that has a video playing in the background that is like maybe a B-roll from what you, that you've developed or something that just automatically AI generated um, through a platform. And so you feel like, oh, wow, this is fresh. This is interesting. And then there's the next page has a navigation and that navigation takes you directly to the right chapters. And it feels like it's meant for you to have a self-guided journey. And when you click into one of these pages, right? Like, wait, this could be built same as your PDF. You land on a page, but you don't lose the navigation. You still have the, like, you could, you still feel like it's a journey. You could jump around, you know, where you are now, you know, that you're in kind of midway through it and you're in the chapter called X and all of this is persistent, like using the best features of the web, persistent and so on. And then on that particular page, let's say you are drilling in into a case study and instead of like a page of logos that just everybody has, they all look great, but they don't, they lack credibility because you can't click on that logo and see what actually happened. Now you could hover over the logo or click on it and have an immersive pop-up or video or another document, another study that actually tells you the story. So what happens is you're actually having a conversation. You're basically speaking, hey, I want to go into this area because this sounds interesting. Thanks for the intro. And I, maybe I want to go linear here for a couple of steps, but then I want to drill in into this case study because that's the one that's relevant to me. Uh, and you, you basically, as a creator, you're creating environment where people feel control, but they're not overwhelmed. And that's the best um, experience right now for modern consumer is that they want to feel in control, but they don't want to think too hard and they don't want to switch context all the time. And they don't want to be distracted because if I click on that same YouTube video in a PDF link, I'm going to be out, you know, and then I'm watching some agitated political podcast and I'll get all angry. <laughs> I'll be thinking about your context and the source <laughs> of that anger about what's happening in the world, you know, the wars and whatever else is in there. And you're, you just lost, you know, this amazing opportunity that you worked hard for. You created the content, you paid to get people in there and you just lost this opportunity to engage in a conversation. And people are just like little, you know, goldfishes being distracted because they are 
they're leaving your content. So we keep you inside this immersive experience. And on the back end, you as a creator, see if it's working, right? See if people are engaging, where they're going, so you could constantly improve this experience. Does that make sense, Steve? It For does. You, it does. Closet yeah. guru, and uh, you know, you know, you know better. You know what what uh, what some of the challenges are um, working with your clients. But to us, this was sort of pretty obvious thing, but very hard to execute. And you know, somehow the world still operates was a default of a 20 year old format, like a PDF that was born factually before the, the worldwide web, as we know. Yeah. It, you know, here's when you and I met, here's the light bulb moment that I had because I'm a huge believer in the fact that companies themselves are the seller. And so all these documents, all this content that we create, when we create that, it comes from our own point of view, right? But when we can bring in the voice through a video or audio or some core kind of an immersive experience of our customers. Yeah. I, I actually just got through doing a podcast with a brilliant three-time B2B CMO. And she said, Steve, our customer's voice is ahead of ours, right? There is the voice of authenticity. They're part of the peer community. So they have validity, they have authenticity that we don't. And take, for example, like you mentioned, case studies there, right? How many of us have read a case study and know that it's just been doctored to the nth degree to say exactly the point of view that that company wants? But if I could literally clink or you know click on a testimonial and yeah. hear that actual client say that and maybe a little context around it, the believability factor goes up exponentially, right? And then if I could share that automatically, which you enable with yeah. the rest of my buying group, right? Because that particular, like you said, that experience took me right to that case study. And that was relevant for me, which means that was relevant for my company. And I can click and easily share that. All of a sudden, it's not an experience that's flat. It's an experience that brings to life all the point of views in all the multimedia ways that I want to be able to do, but I just default to like what you said, the PDF, the PowerPoint, right? And so that's what was brilliant to me. The sharing capability, the multimedia capability, the capability to bring to life the voice of the customer or the point of view I may want to hear you know, from the, the CEO of the company, why they started it. You know? Yeah. Like, you know, it humanizes it. Exactly. We've, we've had, so I, I mentioned that we started with, you know, obviously marketers who create, you know, the more beautiful content, but we, we've developed sometimes marketers get, you know, involved even in a, not just account-based marketing, but opportunity-based marketing. And, and so right. you start creating, imagine you're doing a very, very big proposal. Uh, and, and your marketing team supports it because it's sort of, you know, one of your pillar proposals for the business. And you could record on the proposal, you know, the stories of the the delivery team or the the CTO telling, you know, a story like why the solution is perfect for somebody, right? And you can't always bring all those people in into the into the client meetings. But then we've had one client, we didn't think of it. They like literally created their whole team and they had like 40 photos of people and underneath each where there was a 
immersive video button telling them why they want to be supporting this particular client. Guess what? They won the deal <laughs> because it was like you just brought in 40 people who connected their, you know, how they're going to be an extended part of this, you know, enterprise solution. And so what, you know, that was the one page in the PowerPoint, but actually it was like 50 videos like created quickly. Some of them were, were, you know, on your phone type of thing. Some of them were, you know, maybe you had more facility to do it, but it didn't matter. It was like the authenticity was that it was professional from a landing perspective. And then the, the, after that it's up to the people, you know, it's it needed to be authentic. So that's the, the voice of the team. Same thing we talked about, the voice of the customer and the real study. Um, if you're selling products, you know, people say, oh, it's easy to use. Trust me. You know, my product is the best. Trust me. But what if you could actually have a tour of the product without having to log in and go meet, you know, 50, um, you know, you go through a bunch of onboarding things and you kind of see for yourself how that demo either relevant to a particular use case or even like that customer, go through that right inside your deck if you're the person that's really interested in the ease of use, right? And so these are all voices of credibility, right? And voices of don't take our word for it. You know, this is, this is the real deal. See it for yourself, experience it for yourself, touch it, have emotions, and you know, this is what we, I, I think the best people do in real life meetings, right? Like this is what the best teachers do. This is what the best, um, social movement leaders do. And I think this is what the best real professional salespeople do. They, they create, they help people move towards a decision and imagine now your deck can do that. Imagine your ebook can do that. Imagine your partner, employee, customer onboarding feels like a journey uh, that they control but it's still like is real that that to us is the big the big dream behind relate to you know and this uh, it's interesting this isn't for just companies that you've you're building your trust you're building your credibility i mean your work with uh, one of your clients is salesforce right you know absolute leader in the industry but you you had a story about salesforce and some of their innovation initiatives and things that they were doing can you tell us a little bit about that yeah, well, I think, you know, we we are so proud and so fortunate to have had um, organizations that need no introductions to uh, to have helped us develop our solution. So fortunately with Salesforce, we were first invited as a promising partner in their program called Salesforce Accelerate. And, you know, we we're a small startup back then and, you know, didn't have a lot of validation. And we showed them what we're doing and they said, Great, you know, relate to sounds fantastic. We want to deploy this to some of our smaller customers, but we Salesforce, this is just too, you're too tiny, you're a little chicken, you know, chicken stuff, let's just say, you know, for us, right? Like you will never pass our security review, et cetera. But then there was some public material that was relevant to this program. They saw it in, in action. They said, oh, hold on a second. Our mission at Salesforce is to enable our partners like you, like related to succeed, to onboard quicker to get, you know, more, more partners live. And this solution will allow, you know, people to do this quickly, you know, with a small team. And so it started on the periphery, went through all the security reviews because there was pool and we we're very fortunate to power 
teams like App Exchange marketing team and you know partner marketing team at Salesforce and sort of expanded um, that way. And uh, I think fundamentally, they the reason Salesforce wanted to to deploy something is that they care about their customers and they produce they produce a lot of content. It's a obviously very comprehensive offering. And what they really want is for the customers, whether they're partners or app exchange community members or or their own employees that need to kind of figure out how to deliver the right solution to the customer, to feel like they can get answers quickly, get to the right resource and execute. And you know, we we're very fortunate that they um they picked us. But what's they won a bunch of awards for that kind of creating these experiences well recognized. But I think more importantly, we learned a lot from them, right? We learned what it means to go through real security review. You know, we really t had to tighten up. So we've been very fortunate to have partners like that. Um, and um, now it sort of started the top and now we see like smaller software companies that are part of, for example, Salesforce ecosystem. They go, oh, I see what you've done here. And I want to create for other people in the Salesforce ecosystem, I want to create also an engaging experience and they could do it much quicker. They can do it in a day or two. And so there was just Dreamforce event, as you know, which just sort of takes over the city of San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, and it was just really fun to see many folks using Relay to, you know, and communicating, connecting with each other. And I think this is a resource that stays beyond the event. It's like, imagine you're having your Dreamforce like human experiences, but they're now delivered in a digital way, you know, across remote teams. So that that's a privilege. And uh, the more complex and sophisticated organization like Salesforce, right, the more you could imagine the content is the connecting glue for for getting people to the right resources. So we're happy. Well, it also seems to me that, you know, as as businesses, we want to be perceived as on the cutting edge. We want to be perceived as that, you know, we're innovative. And if the way that we communicate and create that experience feels like it's cutting edge, feels like it's innovative, that has a halo effect on us, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, think like the best term I picked up on this was actually in a business school. And then we were, I was like, the, we were had this class which is known popularly at stanford was touchy-feely and they like talk about how do you come across to other people and you kind of learn the importance of congruence so if you say i'm really excited to see you steve i am just fired up right, right. um that is incongruent right because your your body is saying one thing your voice intonation is saying one thing and 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 but yet you the 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 words are not aligning uh, uh with that and if we think about that, what's the the kind of, I think, embarrassing thing for a lot of organizations is this sort of digital incongruence. Like, we are AI-centric, mobile-friendly, you know, digital transformation experts. Download this paper-first PDF that has no ability to be mobile-friendly, has zero AI in it, is completely non-digital analog piece of paper. You know, um, you know, like this doesn't work, right? Like you kind right. of go, oh my God, like you're full of shit. You know, like yes, it's the standard, but fundamentally, you are not walking the talk. But it's easy, very easy to say, well, don't like let's go all start coding websites. Well, that's also not the answer, right? Some people do need to print out a 
formal contract or some sort of uh, regulated industry documents. It's easy to create presentations. So that's sort of where you kind of need to find, you know, a, a way to connect the reality of where we are today, which is very far from that universe, especially in the B2B world, so that uh, people can be congruent, right? And if like, I have an important idea, it deserves an important medium um, that kind of connects with the customer. Or I'm customer-centric, my content needs to be customer-centric. Let the customer choose what, where they want to go, right? And versus monologues. So that's sort of the, the rubric of this is customers want to interact, right? They don't, nobody wants to hear a lecture. Nobody really wants to watch a two hour long movie unless you're like a movie, professional movie maker, right? Like, so right. what the really interesting thing is how do you use AI? How do you use digital tools to create an interactive experience for your customers that makes them experience emotions, move forward with certain ideas, potentially implement something and make it their own. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that's interesting is because we all try to create engagement, right, with our content, right? And then the next step and a click and, the, you know, and it's not always filling out a form. But what you've done like that, that example you gave of that 40-person team, one slide, you can click on it. And like, you can decide, right, where you want to go, what you want to see, but there's a next step and there's a next step. So. That's the holy grail marketing in terms of that we keep somebody engaged. And if there's an interactive experience where you get to pick where you get to go, right, then the chances that you're going to keep somebody engaged is that much higher, right? And especially if you have multimedia formats in order to do that, and you have easy access to the voice of the customer, the voice of the team, you know, that, that's going to be helping and supporting. So it made yeah, perfect what sense. You, what you picked up on is... It was a sense of multimedia, right? Like it's part of us customer centric. Like we all know that different people have different learning preferences. Yes. Right. We all know this, right? Like we all know that also depending on where I am in a journey, I may want the summary or may want to go deep, you know? And, and so this is fundamental, right? Like, so for the people that love videos, you, you kind of, you provide the video, right? Like for the people that love audio, you provide the audio for the people that really are readers. You provide a structure for the people that are, you know, million uh, feet view above, you provide like an executive summary that allows them to drill in, right? That's the way when I was at Microsoft, that's what we learned from uh, Bill Gates, frankly, like he would kind of go and, and, a, and a proposal and he would say, okay, let's drill into this area and let's drill in further and let's drill in further. And that way he would know if we did the homework and if there is the evidence behind this. And a lot of people do a lot of the homework. They publish these amazing reports, but they just don't provide the opportunity to build that trust by, you know, letting people drill down easily. And they just pre present this monolithic thing. So you, there's decision makers, there's, you know, deep experts, and they all need slightly different journey. And I think somehow we just decided that everybody is the same. I mean, to force everybody in the same direction, or there's going to be some sort of magical playbook in in crm or you know that will allow us to coordinate it but typically because the journey of the funnel is not no longer like this it's more like blah, 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 blah. you kind of need content format that allows people to feel like they can take a journey if they want but they could they, they also are staying in the same place but are accomplishing a lot of learning experiences well i mean 
So I think you painted a really good picture in terms of, you know, why we should be thinking this way and gave some really great examples um, that, that really kind of bring it to life. And we could talk for a long time, but if there was one thought, one takeaway that you wanted people to have, you know, everything that we've said, but what's the most important thing that you think that marketers should take away from this, that CMOs that are listening in today? Well, I think the confusion has been that the content is the message, right? Like that you are like, I'm going to generate with generative AI, tons of content. It's going to be great. And that's going to work. I think the, the movement is that experience is the message, right? And the content, obviously you can't have a really crappy content in the great experience, right? But like, it's no longer content itself is no longer a differentiator. So what is the general differentiator is the experience. How do you make people feel? How do you build trust through that content? And then the, the, one of the currencies of that is interaction. Another currency is like the feedback loop that you get from that interactions and the data that you provide, right? So that, that's sort of the messages experience is the new message. And we better be as good at creating experiences with the content as we are maybe at events in the, in a dream force, right? right? And that's, that sort of is the next level, right? So that's why Salesforce is sometimes known as Disneyland of B2B, mm -hmm. you know, and that's why we're very proud to work with people because I think we're learning from them of what does it mean to create an amazing content experience? And I think everybody needs to be on that journey. Every marketer is an experience business is no longer in the content business. No doubt about it. You know, uh, Alex, thank you so much for coming on. You know, uh, if people have follow on conversation questions, um, that want to get a hold of you, would uh, a link to your LinkedIn profile, would that be the best way to get hold of you? I think LinkedIn, and if you want to roll up, you know, roll up your sleeves and, and get your hands and relate to like, that's another way to, to just start, start playing and transforming your content. And then I, I always make time for users and customers, uh, as well, because I think that is sort of like brings us together how we can help you and think about the world in a different way. But LinkedIn is great. All right. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you for coming on and sharing all of this fascinating stuff. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. And I appreciate how you're really pushing the focus on content and not just historically people have focused on kind of content inputs, like how do we create content, but you're, you're focusing on outputs and more importantly, outcomes from that content experience. And I think that's sort of what makes us brothers from another mother. So keep up the good work. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much.